All right, so part four of the life of Amy Simple McPherson. When we left off last time, Amy's uh, husband, Robert Simple, had passed away in China. And her mother and dad got the money together to bring Amy back to North America. Uh, she joined her mother in New York City. She and little baby Roberta Star Simple. So here was Amy, widowed at 20, barely 20, and widowed with a baby. And she and Rolf had all these dreams. And they weren't selfish dreams. They were dreams of reaching people with the gospel, dreams of reaching the lost, dreams of sacrificing their lives in order to reach people in China. And they were shattered. And no doubt, Amy had questions. And no doubt, Amy was frustrated. And she was struggling with grief. And she still though she was still serving God and she was still living a Christian life she was still pushing forward even though she didn't understand she had faith in God but she gets in New York City her mother is again active in the Salvation Army Amy is uh, given a position in the Salvation Army becomes an officer and is um, able to make a little bit of money to support her and uh, little baby Roberta and so she's given the job of selling copies of the Salvation Army's magazine, The War Cry. Now, the reason they sold copies was early on in the Salvation Army's founding, they discovered people were more likely to read something they had paid for. So they would sell copies of this in hopes that people would read it. And they would read the articles and the Lord would touch their hearts and speak to them and deal with them. And that was the goal. And so Amy's very good at selling copies of the War Cry. They set her up in a very fashionable part of New York City where uh, she's working at night as couples are coming out of the theaters, coming out of the music halls, coming out of the nightclubs. And she's constantly seeing this stream of what looks like happy couples. And it's like it just makes the loneliness that much worse and the grief that much worse. And that terrible feeling of being alone, that much worse. And so here she is in loneliness and heartbreak. And a handsome young man shows up. A handsome young Christian man named Harold McPherson. Now from the last name, you can figure where this is going. Amy ends up marrying Harold when he proposes to her. And Harold uh, met Amy as she was out there selling copies of The War Cry. And he kind of took it on himself to keep an eye out for her. But not in a stalkerish way. Not like hiding in the bushes watching her kind of way. But in a very appropriate, gentlemanly way. And he would walk her home to make, home she got, make sure she got back safely to uh, her apartment. So he proposed to Amy, this handsome young Christian businessman. And Amy married him. Now, the problem was that Amy still had a call on her life. And that wasn't the same kind of call that Harold had. And uh, they marry. They have a little boy, Rolf McPherson, who eventually would uh, take over Amy's ministry and successfully lead it for many years. But at that time, he was still just a cute little baby. And Amy's pride and joy. And Amy did her best to fit into the mold that Harold wanted. He wanted her to be at home, 
taking care of the babies, keeping the house clean, having his meals ready for him, and he was not interested and was not in favor of her being active in the ministry. But that's what the Lord was dealing with Amy about, not just in the ministry like being an officer in the Salvation Army, but the Lord was calling Amy to preach. And Amy kept making excuses to the Lord. And her main one was, I'm married and I'm supposed to be in submission to my husband. And I'm, you know, but the Lord wasn't accepting that excuse. And Amy got sick. And she got sicker and sicker and sicker. Two surgeries later, and her health is still getting worse. And she's only 23 years old. She gets worse and worse, and she ends up in the hospital yet again. She's laying there in the bed, kind of phasing in and out of consciousness. And she hears the doctor call to her mother. And he tells her that it's time for her to say her final goodbyes to Amy. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was laying on a bed in a hospital, kind of in, I guess, what we would call la-la land, and I heard the doctor tell my mom to say goodbye to me, I would be quite upset, but it gets worse. Amy's laying there, and she hears the nurse say she's going. And as Amy is drifting, she hears the Lord speak to her heart. He said four words to her. He said, will you go now? And Amy's immediate answer was, yes, Lord, I will go. And as she responded to the Lord in that positive manner, as she finally surrendered on the question of becoming a preacher, of going into the ministry, as she surrendered on that point, her fever broke and the pain in her body began to dissipate and her health returned. She gets home from the hospital and she sits down and she explains to Harold that she is going to follow God's call, whether he goes with her or not. And apparently he made it quite clear that he did not plan on going with her. So Amy, uh, which in later years she admitted was kind of a cowardly act, sneaked out of the house in the middle of the night with the kids. Now, what she did, she didn't just take off. She headed for her father's home in Canada. There was a Pentecostal revival being held in that area, and she felt like that was the best place for her to go. So she takes the kids. She heads home to where her dad is, moves into her old home she grew up in, and is attending that revival. And she goes, and she says, I will help in any way I can. Now, she knew she was called to preach, But she didn't say, I want to preach. She just said, I will help in any way I can. And they put her to washing dishes. And Amy washed those dishes with everything she had in her. And then they asked her to work the altars. Now, if you're not real familiar with this terminology, what they mean by working the altars is that uh, when people would respond to a minister's offer to pray for them. For example, uh, they might say, if you need to be saved, if you need to be born again, come up here and we'll help you pray. Or if you need to be healed, 
come up here and we'll pray for you. Or if you're seeking the baptism, come up here to the front and we'll lay hands on you and pray for you. And so what Amy did was she was one of those workers that would pray for people. And part of it was helping them helping them understand uh, what the, maybe if they were trying to get saved giving kind of helping guide them and how to get started praying or just praying for them praying uh, one of the terms that used to be used in the church a lot was praying through and what that means is you would pray until you felt like you had what you were seeking from the lord if you were praying for salvation you would pray until you felt that peace of god if you were praying because you were backslidden you would pray and repent until you felt that peace from the lord if you were praying for the baptism you would pray until you began to speak in tongues and so amy was up there and her job there was helping people pray through and it turned out that she was very good at it and then one day they asked amy to preach and that was the beginning of amy's preaching ministry and harold joined her up there in canada he did join her in fact there's a picture that shows her and harold and little rolf standing with her father on her father's farm and harold tried very hard to cooperate with amy's call he began to travel with her um and you can see in some of her early uh newsletters that she printed that it would say mrs h mcpherson is how she um how she expressed her name but harold was not called to that he wasn't called to preach he he didn't he felt like he didn't fit in with it it wasn't what the lord was expecting of him is what he felt and so he and amy parted ways and he divorced amy and he cited uh, abandonment as the reason and he let her keep rolf and he went on with his life and amy just pressed forward and continued following the lord now um during this time amy is traveling all over the united states with two little kids Roberta and Rolf and her mother, Minnie. Minnie joined her. Um, and I'm sure that did a whole lot to help uh, keep Amy's reputation untouched and also to uh, keep Amy safe. Apparently, you did not want to mess with Minnie. Okay, you did not. Talk about a mama bear. You didn't mess with that woman. So that helped keep Amy safe. And they traveled in a car that Amy called the gospel car. It's an old, uh, it was an old black Ford sedan. And on the side of it, in white letters, it said, get ready. Jesus is coming soon. And she preached repentance. She preached the second coming of the Lord. And she preached healing. And she traveled uh, before there were highways. They had to be very careful with supplies, making sure they had plenty of water, making sure they had plenty of gas, because there weren't gas stations and convenience stores all along the roads. There weren't highways. Um, she talked about uh, sometimes the road would be flooded, and Amy would tie a rope around her waist and tie a rope to the tie the other end of the rope to the bumper and wade out in the road to see how deep the water was, if it was too deep for the car to pass through. And apparently the deal was if anything went wrong, her mom would pull her back. Uh, and, you know, that's that was very courageous for a young woman in her 20s uh, or mid to late 20s to be traveling across the United States like that. But Amy did it. 
Uh, many times she said she and the kids lived hand to mouth and they didn't know where their next meal would even come from, but the Lord always provided. The Lord provided protection. The Lord provided favor. And the Lord provided food and money. And eventually the Lord provided enough money for her to have a revival tent. Because initially Amy would just go out there and take a chair, set it up on the street corner, hop up and start preaching. Or she would stand on the back of the car and start preaching. Then as uh, she got the tent, then she was able to announce meetings and hold them in the tent. Now, one of the reasons that Amy had invitations all across the country was through her newsletter that she produced. It was called The Bridal Call, and in it, Amy would have sermons. She would have testimonies from people that had been healed, testimonies from people that had been born again, and general testimonies about things that took place in the revival meetings. And so people would subscribe to the newsletter, then they would share it with their friends, and it would get passed around. And so different churches then would be interested in having this dynamic young preacher come, and they would invite her, and she would hold meetings. And Amy's writing is very special. Um, There's an anointing in her writing. Uh, There may not be many of her audio or video sermons around, but there is a lot of her sermons that were written down. And when you read them, you can feel the power of God in them. And I think that's very, uh, very special. That's why I love to read her writings is because there's something alive in it. There is a power of the Holy Spirit in it. And so the Lord was moving through that newsletter and also moving through uh, Amy's services You can go on the uh, Flower Pentecostal Heritage uh, site that the Assemblies of God have. You can look up pictures that show tons of people at Amy's meetings. People standing outside the tent. Uh, People, uh, she held a huge meeting in Dallas. It's all over the place. And then eventually Amy ends up in Los Angeles. And so the next podcast will be Amy's Adventures in the City of Angels. But this ends this uh, section. This is what I wanted to share with you guys. And I hope that it touched you. I hope that it encouraged you. And we, sh- we should be challenged by Amy's example as a young woman. When she came back after all her hopes and dreams had been shattered. And they thought they were in the will of God. And yet she still served God. She still served God. That's, uh, that's an excellent example for us to take note of. But I hope you found this interesting, and I thank you for listening.